Hey, this is WWE Hall of Famer from the Legion of Doom Road Warrior Animal, and you are listening to the St. Louis Podcast Network. Get ready for a great show. Tell them, Hawk! He's one half of the Road Warriors and the Legion of Doom, the most successful tag team in the world of professional wrestling. He's held the AWA, NWA, WCW, and WWF titles. He snacked on danger and dined on death. He's Road Warrior Animal, Joe Laurinaitis, and this is the What A Rush Podcast. Now, here's your host, Joe Roderick. Welcome on in to the 16th episode of the What A Rush Podcast. I am your host, Joe Roderick, joined alongside by the WWE Hall of Famer, Road Warrior Animal, Joe Laurinaitis. And Joe, today's episode is quite fitting of you being the Hall of Famer because we are talking all about the 2018 WWE Hall of Fame. Man, Joe, I'm rocking and ready to go. I just got done working out, had my protein shake. All about talking about the Hall of Fame. Yeah, you know, the Hall of Fame is a great accomplishment. Listen, our business is what it is. It's just sports entertainment. But to get recognized by your peers and get voted on by the fans and get put in the Hall of Fame, in our business is the pinnacle. So it's great. It's a great, exciting time for the fans. They get their own whole separate show. And uh, the guys get a nice ring for being in the Hall of Fame. So it, it's pretty cool. Uh, Cool opportunity. Yeah, we will uh, we'll discuss all of the members and uh, your history with any of them as uh, as they went through their entire career. So uh, look forward to that coming up in just a uh, just a bit. But first, we have uh, we have a lot of uh, housekeeping to do around the uh, around the show. First off, a big thanks last week to Al Snow for coming on the uh, the show, talking to us about uh, just I, it, it you know. I got to say, from a fan's point of view, and I'm sure a lot of listeners feel this way, I, I just, I, I'm so lucky to just get to sit here and listen to you guys just basically talk shop. I, just talking about stories from the road, talking about your thoughts on the way things are done. There, there are so many times where from, you know, from doing radio, from when I've had in the past had to do a local radio show where I had to drive the interviews, where I had to come up with all the questions. It's so hard for me sometimes to sit back and go 20, 30 minutes without maybe asking a question, but it becomes easier when you guys are just, it's just a fluid conversation. Like you're just sitting at dinner, just shooting the shit. Well, you know, in what you've done for so many years, you know, a lot of, a lot of what what I call straight up and down the line, pro athletes aren't really great on the mic. Right. And uh, so you really kind of got to dig the information out of them, hit topics that they can relate to. And let them speak, but in this instance, it's it's great because we we work well together this way. And you asked a question, and then Al Snow, like last week, we just fed on the topic and right. went for like a half an hour. Mm-hmm. And and you know what's what's nice about it is you probably can tell most of the guys that we've had on that done interviews all agree in the same premise on what is going on in the wrestling right. business today, pretty much. You know, and so which is kind of cool because we all know what it takes to get there to the top of that mountain and to climb that ladder and and you know and what it takes to stay on top of that ladder 
Yeah, and it's, you know, the, one of the things, yeah, you, you know, when it's two athletes talking, I found it goes so much easier. I used to work on a show that was hosted by Jim Edmonds, former Cardinals, sure. center yeah, fielder, uh, all-star, and he would always get his friends to come on the show. And when he would, it would just be the two of them talking the way you talk to other wrestlers, yeah. you guys talking about stuff from the road, talking about things only you would know about and experience, but from a fan, fan standpoint, the listeners out there, Sitting back, it's like a peek behind the curtain of everything that went on. For example, the you know Ken Anderson, some of the stories that he told about you know being cut open the hard way, <laughs> busted yeah. open the hard way, and things that he told us. You know that's stuff that as a fan you probably remember that pay per view when things happened. But you're sitting back in there now, and you're hearing the whole story behind it, and it's just it's a it really is a wow moment, and to get to sit and listen to that. And and a lot of this too, I will I will tell people this. This is a little a little behind the curtain as well from the broadcasting standpoint of things. And when we do it over the phone, it's one thing. When we go down to New Orleans and we do a lot of these in person, and I think if you listen to a lot of the podcasts, you heard those with Ken Anderson with Barry Darso. That when you're in person, it becomes a much more relaxed feel to that imagine how much more comfortable those guys are going to be when they don't have a cell phone up to their ear talking rather they're just sitting there with a microphone in their hand just face to face with you well i can tell you from experience man when guys call me on the phone it's actually a pain in the butt mm-hmm. and, you, and you don't want to do it but when you're across from somebody who's got the same you're, you're friends yeah and like i said our, our businessman is the giant brotherhood and when you're there with these guys that have, that have paved the way the same way you have and have gone up and down that road and you know, I'm gone 30, 40 days in a row without a night off. You could, you, you talk about things like this in the car with each other. And so to do an interview like that is really kind of, it's easy for us because, I mean, it's, it's like second nature. It'd be like me going into your world back there when you're talking about the Cardinals and going, how to run this board, you know, <laughs> I'd be lost, you know. So it, it, it's kind of funny, man. I'm glad you see, you're seeing it from this point of view and you, you get to see firsthand that these guys are actually real guys and we all got to, Got a really, we're all kind of got a really funny personality. To be quite honest with you, I mean, we we all joke around and kick it up, and you and know. you're and the thing is too, you know, you're getting more comfortable with doing it as well. You're getting more comfortable and asking the questions, and with that, that's only going to improve everything uh, with that too. Yeah, yeah, you know, listen, a lot of the stuff I could ask guys in the car with a question about certain things, but doing it over the microphone and being a host, yep, is a totally different ball game, you know. So. It, Hey, it's all working out, man. The fans that are listening love to listen, so it's 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 an awesome it's an awesome opportunity we have here. And uh, we probably had one of our best weeks, and I would say we owe that uh, in part to Conrad Thompson and Tony Schiavone putting us over during their uh, most recent podcast. What happened when Mondays on sure. uh, they uh, they post that every single Monday. And they, uh, Joe, just recently did their last week's episode. I haven't got a chance to listen to the entire thing. I just I was told where we were mentioned, so I went and I found that part to uh, to hear what it what was talked about. But they broke down the pay per view uncensored from 1996. Wow, man! I, I do you, you remember that pay per view? Do you remember who you and Hawk wrestled? And at if that you tell pay-per-view? me who we wrestled, I'll know. Yeah, you, you guys were against Sting and Booker T. Oh, okay. So I, I remember that. But here, here's the thing, man. If we we're going to get Tony Schiavone on the show sometime, and Tony Schiavone can tell you some stories. You know, he was the host of the Mid Atlantic and NWA right. for years, and you know, Hawk would get in or say, you know, 
Tony Schiavone? <laughs> he would just crack up and, you know, we weren't your typical wrestlers coming in cutting a promo. We were kind of a little wild, you know. <laughs> and Tony got to see a lot of stuff. I got to do a lot of things with Tony outside of the wrestling ring, you know. So he, he's a great guy, man. I really appreciate those two putting us over in, in that manner. Yeah, so we uh, we appreciate the plug that uh, that they gave us and look forward to uh, what well, we, we appreciate. If those of you that are listening to us for the first time because you heard about us on WHW Monday, we appreciate that and uh, welcome in. And uh, hopefully we can entertain you as much as those guys have been for the last year plus. Uh, I, I got to I gotta go over, you know, these Joe, a few of these things might, might be difficult to talk about for you. You might not want me to bring them up, but I got to bring up. First off, where the hell are you going to be this coming weekend? The weekend of March 24th, where are you going to be? Because I've seen different things on, on social media. I want to hear it from you. Where is your plane ticket taking you this weekend? Well, like, like I posted on my Twitter and Facebook, I am in Augusta, Georgia. Okay. I'm with Eric Bischoff and DiBiase and a few of the other guys, the Nasty Boys, and I, Jimmy Hart and a few other guys. Vader? Vader. Yeah. Well, Vader might not be there, man, because Vader just had heart surgery. So really? I know, yeah, okay. he's going to be there, but... But a lot of the great guys are going to be there. That's where I am. You know, listen, in this business, you know, I, I probably get 10, 15 phone calls per weekend mm -hmm. to go out and do some appearance. So sometimes a guy will call you and not talk to you for three or four months and thinks he's got a date booked. And, I, you know, I'm not going to keep chasing down a lot of right. a lot of these promoters. So, you know, whoever gives me the, the contract and I sign it and go with them, then that's who I go with. And so I, I'm in Augusta, Georgia this weekend. Not so, in Indiana, not in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. I'm in Harrisburg, June 30th. So Harrisburg, get ready. I'll be in the state of Pennsylvania, June 30th. I, I saw that come across. I saw DiBiase tweet out that you were going to be with him in Georgia. Then I saw another promotion tweeting you about being in a completely different state. So I had to call, I had to call our guy Corey, and I'm like, listen, I'm like, multiple places promoting that Joe's going to be there. You need to figure this out. We he's got to he's got to get to the bottom of this and, yeah. and post this so we don't uh, we don't upset some people. Uh, we yeah, don't man. upset your family. It, it took one time. phone yeah. call. It all got fixed. So yeah, that's right. good. That's uh, that's much better than uh, than, than what could have happened with that. Yeah. Uh, but we do know that coming up in a few weeks after this weekend, the next time you're going to be making a live appearance is at WrestleCon. Eleven Russell hours Con. at WrestleCon down in New Orleans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. T Mart Promotions uh, will have uh, will have you there. Make sure that you get uh, get in touch with them. Get, go online and make sure to get your tickets to. Get an autograph, get a picture. Yeah, limit, limited hours animal. per day, man. Mm -hmm. Limited hours yeah. per day. So, you know, you fans from the UK and Germany that listen to the podcast and throughout the US, get in line and get a picture and get an autograph. And we also are going to have some Water Rush podcast t-shirts available. Only you know, ones you can get at WrestleMania. The only yep. you can only get these there. They will not make these for you at Pro Wrestling Tees. They are the same design, but it's a different color shirt, so it is yep. a little it's more. It's kind of a vintage, vintage look. Yeah. yeah, man, they look cool, man. They're a nice gray T-shirt. They look yep. pretty, pretty cool. And so we have, and a, everybody that gets one's going to get a mini animal figure free. Yep. So that's an extra plus we're throwing in for the fans down there at WrestleMania. Yeah. So bring, um, bring your money there. Get your uh, Water Rush podcast shirt Friday. He will be there 
from 11 to 3. So, yeah, that's uh, that's my birthday, actually. So I'm going to spend that with you at Wrestle, sitting at a table slinging shirts at WrestleCon. Yeah, my buddy Dwight Morrison is going to be in from North Carolina <laughs> with Tony Hunter, man. So all his nickname's All Night Dwight. So that just gives you an indication of where you're going to be headed Friday. That's, hey, that's fine with me. <laughs> Saturday. Hey, the good thing is you don't have to pay for anything. Dwight pays for everything. That's so, good. Hey, yeah. as long as, you know what, uh, me, hook me up with All Night Dwight and uh, let's meet up with the Godfather at some point and uh, let's have a uh, let's have a fun uh, fun 33rd birthday for me, huh? Yeah, it'll be good, man. It'll uh, be good. New Orleans <laughs> is a lot of fun. If you don't have fun in New Orleans, you got an issue. Well, uh, maybe I'll sleep before you're there on Saturday, 9 a.m. to noon on on saturday i don't know where he got these times 9 a.m to saturday i had i had all different times down for my saturday appearance but and i'm gonna talk to marty about this thing <laughs> on sunday you'll be there from 11 to 3 so if you get in town just mm. for wrestlemania that's 11 to 3 and then by the time i think you make it over to the mercedes-benz superdome matches should be uh starting up uh pretty early if it's any if yeah, it's anything like yeah. last year at the uh at the event so, by the way, so I went, I got, I went and picked up those shirts. I went and picked up a box of those shirts at uh, at Pro Wrestling Tees over the weekend. Uh, met Castillo there, uh, working there. He said he'll be down at WrestleCon and uh, was uh, was telling me all the work that they've done with you over the years. It's so I I drove by that place a year ago. My sister used to live right down the street from there a year ago. I was up uh-huh. there this weekend for my nephew's first birthday. So I I was up there a year ago when he was born to meet him and i remember driving by one hour tees pro wrestling tees every day thinking hey you know what i know what that store does that's really cool it was really it was really freaking awesome going in there a year later picking up a box of shirts for a podcast that i'm doing knowing that a year ago i was just driving by it going oh hey that's that's cold command yeah they got a good setup man they got some great artists in there and everybody works their rear end off Mm -hmm. i was just up there you know doing some other stuff and and uh, Pro Wrestling Tees is a, is a great place. What a niche they got in the wrestling business for doing T-shirts. Yeah, the, a lot of uh, a lot of shirts there, and they will be down at WrestleCon also. And you know what was um, so now? I was saying my sister lives used to live a block away from One Hour Tees. Now she lives right across the street. I mean, from her mm. backyard, you can see the Sears Center. Wow. Where uh, All In is going to be Cody Rose and the Young Bucks, their event. Sure. You could see the you could see the building from her backyard, and uh, so now she's living there. I know Pro Wrestling Tees is going to have shuttles running back and forth through there. I know I've seen people that yeah, are not that much are place to park in around there though. Uh, I'm just the oh no <laughs> God not at Pro Wrestling Tees no that's why they're gonna have the shuttle taking you uh, yeah. back and forth. There are so many hotels around that Schaumburg Hoffman Estates area. If you're mm. listening to this and you plan on being all in up in uh, Chicago in uh, uh, the first week or the first day, I think of September, when all in is taking place, there are plenty of places to stay up in that area. And uh, well, Joe, I know you and I are hoping to be up there at, uh, all at some point, uh, doing something around around that. But more on that to come as well. As we, you know what, it's just, we are getting good at teasing on this show with some of the announcements and stuff that we have, some of the things that we will have post-WrestleMania as well that I think a lot of people are going to be really, especially fan, wrestling fans all over the, uh, uh, wrestling fans, podcast fans are going to be a big fan of over the uh, the next several weeks that we are going to, uh, that we're going to be bringing out for uh, for everybody. But it was, yeah, so cool to be up there on uh, uh up there and see pro wrestling tees and get some shirts from uh from those guys up there i gotta tell you i was so tempted they have those boxes of the mess ups 
Oh yeah, and, yeah, I mean, yeah. What, I mean they, what, they put something on crooked. I mean, it's that's, a little that's crooked. Really Who cares, right? Right, but like three of those, you get three shirts for like ten ninety nine. I think mm. it is. I'm sitting there and I'm like, God, how many of these boxes do I want to grab? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I know, right? You get everybody's like, t-shirt. Okay, who, who are you? Who's gonna end up in here? You know, you're gonna get yeah. so you're gonna get a CM Punk shirt, or you're gonna get some indie guy you've never heard of before. I know, right? It's it's oh, it's such a gamble. It's so tempting to do it. I might have to grab a few of those if they have those boxes. They got them all the time. I mean, yeah. listen, they, they make human yeah. mistakes. You know, they're regular heat-seeking press, and right. they go on crooked sometimes. Um, another thing, we, we were talking social media, we were talking posts. I, I know, you know, you've mentioned him on the show before, but you had a long post about Chris Benoit uh, mm-hmm. around around WrestleMania. What prompted what prompted that this week? You know, the guys that are in the wrestling business, and a lot of guys that write articles about the wrestlers. And when I do other podcasts, I just get on doing a podcast for a guy in New York, and he asked me about Benoit. And, you know, listen, if it's on strictly on wrestling ability and what you've done in the ring, well, then Chris Benoit deserves to be in the conversation. But when you look at the overall picture and you see what he got accused of doing and what he did to his family was despicable, it was unforgivable, it, it was something so shameful to the wrestling business and gave it such a black eye that if you put it all together, then no way he gets in. Right. And that was my point about putting a post. And then you got these freaking keyboard warriors that want to attack everything you say, which I could really care less. You know, there's a lot of guys that do that. Some guy last name Dixon that's a real pain in the rear end that lives in Ohio now. And, you know, listen, man, it's uh, listen, everybody's got a right to their opinion. I, I don't go on opinions there to offend anybody. Don't come on my Facebook page and want to have ask for information or get an opinion on something if you're not going to like what I say, because I'm just giving an honest opinion, and that's all I was doing. You know, I traveled with Chris Benoit. I first met Chris Benoit at where we got on training in Calgary, and I was in Japan when he was Pegasus. You know, so I've known Chris. I knew Chris Benoit for over 25 years. You know, so in that fact. But the Chris Benoit that I knew for all those years was not the Chris Benoit that did that heinous crime, you know, which, listen, who knows what flicks that switch that makes people freak right. out, you know. But like I say, man, what he did is inexcusable, and I just wanted to make that perfectly clear, and, you know, it is what it is. So let me try to let me try to spitball here. Let me try to maybe dig a little deeper into what you're saying. The character that we saw on TV and in the wrestling ring, the Canadian crippler Chris Benoit, you feel deserved, you know, deserves recognition for what he did in the ring, but you know what he did at his home is, you know, is what's going to obviously, for obvious reasons and for rightful reasons, is what he's going to be known for oh, forever. Yeah, man. You, yeah. you took two innocent lives out of the, right out of the game. Absolutely. So I mean, you shouldn't be able to go in. But what he it's listen, no different than uh, you know Reggie Jackson or. Going in the Hall of Fame or someone that's been accused of steroids has got an asterisk against their mark or whatever. Let's not know? compare it to steroids. Let's compare it to there are there are people out in the Hall of Fame from you know the twenties who are you know all out racist that you that you know that you yeah. know are terrible people that are in but other sports. But what I'm saying is, for whatever right. reason, the way they are outside of the game was different than they were in the game. You know, and and it's almost kind of like you got to. Well, you are, and, and listen, in the sports world, we all know you're living a dual life. You're living the life of limelight, and then you're living the life of, of the business. And, you know, and not everybody's going to agree with everything you say and everything you do. But um, 
there is a line you got to put in the sand, and I think murdering somebody is the line you draw. And you know? to uh, tie this into something we talked about last week, the uh, reports of everything that Fabulous Moolah did throughout her career to the women that she worked with, setting back the women of wrestling so many years, and then WWE deciding to honor her by naming a battle royal after her, the uh, uh, people spoke, and the WWE actually listened and removed her name from that. It is now just going to be called the WrestleMania Women's Battle Royal. They have removed Fabulous Moolah's name from that mm -hmm. due to the uh, backlash that they received from putting her name on that. So uh, you, you do terrible things, uh, and yeah. uh, you don't get uh, rewarded for it. Listen, you got to pay the piper. You know, yeah. I, I had no idea, like I told you on the phone the other day, that that, right. that stuff happened with Moolah. But then once I saw some of the people came out and spoke, and then uh, the fans started complaining about it, I said, wow, man, there's more to the story than the BCI. Yeah. You know, so in, in that fact, listen, there's so much going on at WrestleMania anyway. I do I think you need a battle royal for women? No. Because a lot of other great matches, there's a lot of other great talent. I'm all for the women be able to do their individual matches and tag team matches more than seeing a battle royal. Now, listen, we just saw the Royal Rumble. Now you're going to see the exact same right. Rumble. You know what I mean? So, and there's no difference between a battle royal and a Royal Rumble, except you don't get the are, element of surprise. People are going in every two minutes. Yeah. You know, you still have the same people. You're not going to see Lita or. You know, any of the other great superstars from the past going at the Battle Royal. But, you know, you're, you're having present-day girls going to the Battle Royal. So, I mean, I, I just think that's one of the downfalls of having a pay-per-view every month. Yeah. It's too close to each other because the Royal Rumble just got finished. you got to get everybody so, on the card. That's, I think, nowadays well, you yeah, got to no, get everybody man. on the, the card. That's don't draw, why the men the, and the listen, women Listen, the people that don't yeah. put butts in seats, you don't have to get them on the card. It's the guys are in the main events and the women are in the main events are putting butts in seats are the most important thing. Someone's not going to care to see someone on NXT as the first match. Mm -hmm. You don't need to get those kind of people on the card. They will earn their right to get on a card down the road. That's part of paying your dues in this business. Not everybody. See, that's all part of the problem in the wrestling business today. People think because you go through wrestling camp and you make it to NXT or you get one match on WWE, I deserve it to be in the main event and be in the Battle Royals or be on WrestleMania. No, that's not the way it is. Climb the ladder of success. Pay your dues like everybody has for the last 150 years in the wrestling business, then you'll get there. Hey, uh, so that, uh, we know that now that will be on WrestleMania. The card is beginning to take shape. Raw and SmackDown this week. I, two, uh, first, uh, I, I we'll get to Daniel Bryan and his return. In, you know what, we'll, get, we'll do that right now because I want to talk about that before I talk about what happened to him and what happened to Roman Reigns. But Daniel Bryan was, it was one of the biggest... It was one of the best-kept secrets, I think, in WWE in a very, very long time, whether or not Daniel Bryan was cleared to wrestle. And it's something that didn't get out in dirt sheets. It's something that nobody spoke about, whether or not he was clear or he wasn't clear. And then finally, on Tuesday morning, it was announced that Daniel Bryan was cleared to compete in the ring. First time in over two years that he was able to, to do so. And I was, you know... We saw him go hard in the ring. We saw him get jumped by Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. We saw him take a powerbomb off the apron last night. Daniel Bryan, now this is when you, you were out for how long back in the early 90s? Well, I was out for a couple of years. 
Right, and then you got cleared, and I'm sure medical clearance wasn't the same as it is today, as far as that that's going. His all, you're all, you're also you had a back injury, yeah, as opposed to a brain and neck injury for Daniel Bryan, yeah. But to get that clearance and to come back, I can't imagine that you and the style that you wrestled in, you didn't change anything. No, I didn't change a thing. Should Daniel Bryan change the way? He wrestles being a smaller guy, a faster guy, a more high-risk guy, knowing the injuries that he has suffered over his career. No, because once you start changing your game and start changing your, your repertoire, you change your offense and your defense, then you're screwed because that's when you start to get hurt. You know, when guys start changing their game and then you start doing things you're not used to doing and, and that's when you start blowing out knees or elbows or anything else, you know. You know, let, let's keep in mind, too, he had other reasons why he stayed out for two years besides the neck and brain. He was having a baby. His wife was pregnant. She was injured. So there was a lot of other things that, you know, when you look at the big scheme of things that goes into that whole storyline. Because anytime then, do guys get injured? Absolutely. Do girls get injured? Absolutely. But then there always is a storyline attached to it. So, you know, where mine was a real, I mean, listen, I'm not saying his injury wasn't real because it was real. But, for him to be cleared, um, you know, I tell you what, man, I clear or not, I was impressed by the way he was moving around that ring. He was flying in that ring, and the people bought it. Now, personally, I think they he should have been left looking strong in that ring, you know, and standing there with all the people going yes, 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 and go off the air that way. But then again, they're putting some steam on Kevin Owens and Sammy Zayn, and so in that aspect, you know. You listen, you got steam going on some heel tag teams right now, which is good to see for the wrestling business. Yeah, it would appear that it would lead to Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn against Daniel Bryan and Shane McMahon at WrestleMania, just another match to put lower on the card. Mm -hmm. But knowing that you're getting all four of those guys on the card and in a ring, I had completely forgot, too, before they start talking about it, the history between Daniel Bryan, Kevin Owens, and Sami Zayn and mm -hmm. all of their years in, the, uh, in, in Ring of Honor. Back in the day, it's it was yeah cool oh yeah yeah you know, I completely forgot about I that. I, I wish here's what I wish I wish that someone else would go in there and step in and be Daniel Bryan's partner instead of Shane McMahon. I don't think Shane McMahon has any sense or reason to go near the ring. That's my own opinion. I don't believe in guys that are promoters getting in the ring because they don't go through the formal training it takes to get in the ring. That's why some of these guys get hurt. Listen, Shane's lucky he's not dead from jumping off the top of the hell on a cell, for one thing. And he took a beating. Now, are you going to come back a month later and make what he did, put a chair on his throat like he didn't really get hurt? Or the power bomb in the back on the floor? Or that wheezing with some top-level selling right yeah, there. Yeah, with some top-level <laughs> selling. So if you're really hurt, make it mean something. What I would do is I would save it for the next pay-per-view after WrestleMania because that's where they're going to need it. You know, yeah, because after the big blow off at WrestleMania, it's the rebuilding time before your next pay per view. That's what I would, I mean, that's what I would do if it was my company, that ain't my company. So, who knows, man? They always they, they, they think their own thoughts, you know, and do what they want to do. Uh, but you heard last night, you heard the two on one attack that Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn put on Daniel Bryan. You heard the heat, you heard mm -hmm. the booze that it was generating. People hated they, them. They, they hate, I mean, when Kevin Owens' music hits, he, they cheer. The fans yeah. get up. They're excited to see him, and they were booing the hell out of him. Yeah. Then you look 24 hours before that, 
when they announced that Roman Reigns was not going to be there, one half of your main event, the match that is likely going to go on last at WrestleMania, one half was the Dallas crowd was told one half will not be here tonight. And the crowd cheered because they did not want to see Roman Reigns. And then when he walked out of the crowd, the fans booed. That's not good. That's not good when the fans just don't want to see him. And then you try to put so much heat on Brock and you try to put so much sympathy on Roman Reigns that you have Brock beat the shit out of him with a chair while he's handcuffed and the crowd's cheering and yeah. chanting, you deserve it. Well, this, this, <laughs> to this a guy is, in handcuffs getting beat with a This is part of the reason why not everybody can't be a badass. You know what I mean by that? I mean, everybody, you got to have, Daniel Bryan is a your typical white meat underdog baby face. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have the size. He doesn't have the muscles. But he's got the wrestling knowledge to compete with the big boys. You know what I mean? And when guys back in the day, like guys like Big Show put him over and other big, huge monsters put him over, they put him over slow, and Daniel Bryan had to pull everything out of his repertoire to beat those guys. But when you try to have a guy like Roman Reigns, you know, acting like a bad apple, and then, you know, then, then where's the competition? Who wants, nobody wants to see that. Who's going to be able to get heat on him, you know? And then you start doing interviews saying you're going to do this, do that, and then you don't do it. That's another thing that buries you in an interview, you know. So it, there's a lot of varying factors that go into why people are booing him. I can't quite figure it out, man. Roman Reigns is a great guy. He's a heck of a talent. He can really wrestle. And um, I, I, I just don't know why you get half the people booing him, half them cheering half the time. Personally, I think that he should just go all the way and just have him boo him all the way and turn him. That's uh, That feels <clears throat> like the way, the only thing that would work right now and – you know what the the way to get over as a baby face is to be a, be a monster heel for for a while go on a run as a monster heel and then you know what you make a save on somebody and you turn into a good guy the crowd's going to love you yeah you know you know what and that's not rocket science that's the way the wrestling business has been built for 150 years that's the way right. it all worked and now all of a sudden now they're trying to go back to that because <clears throat> numbers wise what the what has been going in the pockets of the investors hasn't been working. When people start seeing their stock drop, that's when they start having to go back. You know, I say go back to basics, man. You got to start going back to old school values. Uh, so there you go. A uh, quick little rundown of what, uh, what happened this past week in the world of wrestling. I can tell you coming up uh, on the other side, we will be uh, talking about this year's 2018 Hall of Fame class. But coming up over the next two weeks, just to tease it a little bit, believe we have two really, really nice interviews lined up. We were talking at the beginning of the show about the uh, the interviews we've done and just kind of how I get to sit back and listen to Joe with the uh, and his buddies just sit and talk and kind of reminisce about some things that have happened or talk about the business today. I think what we have coming up the next couple weeks before WrestleMania uh, 34 is uh, something that's really going to uh, really going to excite you, really going to uh, have you looking forward to that as a uh, – as a fan so be sure to look out on social media for that you can follow us on facebook the what a rush podcast with road warrior animal joe laurinitis we will be doing uh, more facebook lives if uh, if not i believe we uh, probably already have one. we'll have one up there by the time you 
are listening to this uh, to this week's podcast. So find us there. Also find us on Twitter at What a Rush Pod. You can find Joe on Twitter at RW Animal, and I am on there at Joe Roderick. And you can also send us an email. Do that by emailing the Road Warrior Podcast at gmail.com. That's Road Warrior Podcast at gmail.com as you can uh you can go and do that um so i uh yeah i I believe we should uh go out to uh some of that uh, some of the emails and get one of those uh those out there and that is joe we're gonna go to uh we're gonna go to colton and he mail emails in saying he's 16 years old 160 pounds he wants to put on more muscle mass and become stronger. He wants tips with workout regimens, food to eat, or anything that can be useful to a 16-year-old. Now, you've, uh, you've raised three 16-year-olds, two of them being boys, one of them turning into a monster NFL linebacker. So I would imagine as a bodybuilder yourself and a dad that you can have, that you'll have some pretty good tips for a 16-year-old. Yeah, man. The whole key to that, you know, I should train my, a lot of the youth hockey league's teams for all the coaches, too, <clears throat> when James was about 15 or 16 years old, <clears throat> and the girls' hockey team as well. What I recommend you do, listen, first thing, most important thing is sleep, sleep, sleep. you got to get your proper sleep per night. Then you have to eat your three square meals a day and have two meals in between. And what I mean by two meals in between, I'm I'm, I'm like, a, like a fruit and nut snack in between and then a protein drink in between. And I would load up your po- protein drink with ice cream and peanut butter and everything if you want to gain weight. Because the peanut butter is a good fat that your body needs to burn. And I would just eat good, healthy meals. And when you're training too, as well, I would, you know, I, w- I would give your training into eight week cycles. I would go eight weeks of powerlifting, eight weeks of reps, then eight weeks of combination. You can't go heavy every workout. You got to go a heavy and light day, but I'm talking like doing a four day a week program. The great, a great book to get for any 16 year old out there is the education of a bodybuilder by Arnold Schwarzenegger. My friends and a lot of guys that I know throughout the lifting world all went by the principles in that book. And it tells you in there, you got to look at your body type, Joe. Whether you're ectomorph, mesomorph, uh, endomorph, or ectomesomorph, like I am a kind of an in-betweener, you have to go and figure out what your body type was. And certain type of foods and certain type of lifting works well for building muscle on those body types. And just uh, that, just stick to those principles, man. But yeah, you got to... You know, like I used to do, I used to go eight weeks and go nothing under six repetitions on my workouts. And sometimes I worked down to threes. And then at the end of that eight weeks, I would switch it all up and I would do eight to 15s. And then I would do another like six weeks of maybe like from eight to 20s, depending on the exercises on my light day or heavy day. You know, listen, you could build muscle on doing a set of five the same way you can do on putting on heavier weight and do a set of eight. The muscle's muscle. You know, the body doesn't know the difference. When you're trying to build muscle, it's how you fatigue that muscle and tear that muscle down. When you tear it down to the, on the proper levels is when you start building. And you know, that's the whole building process. The, the building is not the pump you get. The building is the tearing down and how proper you tear it down. Everything else, all getting the blood in there is just a recovery factor of the muscle. So 
So there you go. Anybody else that wants to uh, get some questions in, we uh, we have a lot of them stocked up, but we're going to pick some of the good ones and uh, get to them each and every week. So be sure to email us at roadwarriorpodcast at gmail.com. It's not bodybuilding, but I didn't mention to you this weekend, I'm getting certified to teach Les Mills sprint classes, the bike, the 30 minute bike Damn. classes. I'm getting certified this weekend to uh, become a, a class instructor. You're on bike? that. Absolutely, I do. All <laughs> summer. I uh, actually got to take my bike in and get it all tuned up for the spring because once we hit, uh, I think after this weekend, we're going to hit 60s and not uh, not see anything below 60s. What for, kind of uh, outdoor bike you got? A, um, oh God, I'm trying to think what the name of it is. Uh, the gi- a giant, uh, more of a mountain bike. That yeah, I, I, used I, have have a couple, tra- I used to have a couple of treks. <clears throat> yeah. Treks is a big heavy duty bike. Of course, I needed mm-hmm. it for my big heavy rear end so I wouldn't bend the rims. I remember getting on a bike one time. Got one of those Schwinn, Schwinn mountain bikes. As soon as I went to pedal real hard, the rim bent in half <laughs> from the torque of my leg pushing down. So I had to go to Trex, which is a true uh, northern mountain bike. You know, So that's the only thing I could hold my weight. Yeah, so I do that. They got the, the certification class. It's Saturday and Sunday, both days from 8 a.m. to 6 p.m. Yeah, 20 hours in a room on a bike just memorizing that's the uh, memorizing the tracks, memorizing everything that goes with that, but then I get to uh, start teaching. Uh, but you know, good thing about one of those classes now, man, they have the video on there, and you yep. can actually ride bike in the countryside on the video on the screen. Hey, no, 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 no. Then, then people don't come to class, and then I don't get paid for shit. So don't, don't, no, no, <laughs> don't go promoting Peloton. No, on you only yeah, get the, the screen inside yeah. your class is what I'm talking about. Again, then they don't need the instructor. So that's uh, that's what I'm doing. So uh, yeah, stop with that. We're, we need to take a break. We come back. We're going to look at the 2018 <laughs> Hall of Fame class right here on the Water Rush Podcast. This is Andy Hanselman, president of the St. Louis Podcast Network. How would you like to be part of the What a Rush podcast? Sponsorship opportunities are now available and more affordable than you would imagine. Wrestling podcasts are the hottest thing going in the podcast world right now. Some being listened to by hundreds of thousands of wrestling fans just like yourself. If you would like to get in on the ground floor of the What a Rush podcast hosted by Road Warrior Animal, please contact Joe Roderick at Podcast at gmail.com. Have a WWE Hall of Famer promote your product to other loyal wrestling fans and see what these guys can do for you. And welcome back in. Today on the show, as we've uh, promoted, we are going to go over the 2018 Hall of Fame class. One of these days, I I do want to go over just your Hall of Fame class. I want to go back and reminisce what that was like uh, the the year you went in, you and Paul went in, and kind of go over everybody else that was in that class well, yeah, and, i can do a good one on that yeah, one because I, so i i want to save that because i you know just everything that goes into the hall of fame what that's like producing that show is like compared to producing just a monday night raw would be mm-hmm. like because i mean it is a production it is you know you guys oh, are backstage yeah, you guys you, you know, got so much time to do your speech right? and someone writes your speech for you which i didn't even look at to be honest with you and then you got to, you know, where right. you're going to walk, do? where you're going to stand, yeah. all this stuff. Oh, yeah. What, is Lawler going to come out and stop you at some point when he's hosting the show? No, 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 no. Right. no that's but, what I'm but, saying. But, if you yeah, just yeah, go yeah, off no, script. No, you, know, you got some guy writing you what you're going to say like you have never done an interview before. You know? and yeah, you're, you know, you're the one thanking the uh, the people for, for certain things. It You'll is, be able to thank them the right. way you want to thank them. Exactly. So we're going to go over that. That'll be something we're, we're absolutely going to do at some point 
in uh, down the road with these shows. But this this class, it's a huge class. It, it really they have really loaded up this year's class for the WWE Hall of Fame. And just uh, this past week, they announced that Mark Henry was going to go in. And I would imagine with only two rods left, we're not going to have any more. The next two weeks will be spent promoting that. And mm. now it's going to be about who the inductors will be, who the because that's also become a big part of it. So you have the people that are actually <clears throat> last year. They had Jim Cornette and Eric Bischoff were two guys that were inducting people into the Hall of Fame. That was a big deal. Oh, yeah. The fact yeah, that you're man. getting Cornette and Bischoff back on WWE TV after all these years, you know, that was really cool. Especially Jim Cornette. Because he was pretty much <laughs> black, blacklisted for the WWE for years. See, there's hope, Joe. There's, there's hope. There's always hope, yeah. Everybody is always welcome back into the Hey, uh, man. All you got to do is treat your legends fairly, and you wouldn't have an issue. So this year's class, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, I guess technically nine when you count the Dudleys as a tag team, nine people well, going really into 10. the uh, Hall of Fame. Mark Henry's two. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Mark Henry's going to need a size 30 ring. He's, He's got gonna, the biggest mitts on him, bro. I hope he wears that pink jacket that he wore oh, listen, that night he fake retired. It's great, man. Mark Henry was a heck of a power lifter, man, was an Olympic lifter for USA and Strong kid out of Texas, bro. Just a he, he he he's what I call Joe stupid strong. Everything he touched, he could lift. It didn't matter if it was a car, truck, any he was he was a he still is a massive human being. The the this I, I went through they have his personal powerlifting records listed. I was going, uh, we'll start with Mark Henry. We're going to go through everybody on this list. I know that you have more stories about some than others. Sure. We'll start with Mark Henry. Sure. Just a personal note for me for Mark Henry. I had a chance to interview him before Survivor Series came to St. Louis a few years ago. That was when Sting made his uh, WWE debut. Most of the guys that the WWE has ever given us, uh, Joe Villa, the PR guy with the WWE, um, you know, they'll tell us you have this amount of minutes. You have so many minutes with them, and they'll jump on the phone. They'll tell you, "Hey guys, wrap it up." For some reason, they gave us Mark Henry. There was no limit on it. Mm. Me and my co-host at the time, John, we went damn near twenty-five minutes with Mark Henry without being told to stop at all, and it was one hell of a of a conversation with him, just going all the way back to. What was it, 97 when he debuted? 96, 97 when he debuted with the company? It was such a good interview covering every little bit of his career. It was was phenomenal. Mark Henry was a great guy, man. He he was almost to the point of being innocent for a way on how big he is. Mm -hmm. I remember bringing my grandson Jacob in the locker room. You know, Jacob's three, four years old. And Mark Henry's playing with him. You're playing with him during lunch. They're joking around. Mark Henry's giving them action figures and different things like that. And <clears throat> just cutting up with a four-year-old, you know, because Mark Henry's got kids himself. But great human being, man. Good athlete. Can really move, man, for a 400-something pound guy. He could fly. I'll tell you that right now. The only other guy I saw that could move for that one that was that big, that could really run like that, was uh, a guy named Scott Norton. Mm-hmm. You know, Big Show is different. Big, big Show is a giant. Big Show could still move. Yeah. But uh, Scott Braun Norton. Braun Strowman can move. I mean, the way we Braun see Braun Strowman can move, around, too, but yeah. he ain't 400 pounds. 
you no, know. No, he's three. Yeah, he's about three eighty-five. Well, so they say he is, but I bet no, you. No, he he posts pictures of the scale on Instagram. Yeah. Uh, Braun Strowman posts pictures of the scale. But he's what six ten yeah. too. Six, he's eight, about six, six eight, I would say. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, Mark Henry, his personal powerlifting records. This is in competition. He has squatted nine hundred and fifty-three and a half pounds. That's crazy good. Deadlifted nine hundred and three point nine pounds. Mm. Good deadlift too. Huh? That's that really. That's for, crazy. That's good for a guy that then goes in the ring and is able to take bumps and move around the way he does. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, good thing is Mark Henry got to get a lot of those lifts out of the way before he ever got in the wrestling business. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's uh my my heavier lifts I did because I got in the business so young. I did while I was in the wrestling business, bumping mm-hmm. around 300 days a year. Mark, just... Mark Henry claims powerlifting in the gym unofficially claims to have squatted 1,006 pounds, deadlifted 925 pounds, and has bench pressed, he says, between 585 and 600 pounds. Yeah. What was your biggest bench press? 640. So you so you could bench press more than Mark Henry, but probably you couldn't touch those other numbers, right? Well, if I was 400 pounds, I could. Right. I mean, you know, I was doing reps when I was squatting at 785. I was 785 pounds. I was doing for five reps. So you, well, you equivalent that to a single. I don't even know what that is, man. It's not 900 pounds, but it's, pro- it's over 800 something for yeah. sure <clears throat> on a 315 pound guy. You had the opportunity to work with him very early in his career, too, when he uh, came up and was a part of the Nation of Domination, and yeah. you and Hawk were feuding with them at the time. And just there, yeah, I mean, you, you guys got to be in a ring back in the mid 90s with a. With a you know twenty five year old Mark Henry twenty four twenty five yeah I looked Henry. at a match this morning against uh, it was uh, Godfather Mark Henry against Hawk and I when Hawk was doing that drunk thing mm-hmm. and uh, it brought back a lot of memories man brought so, back a lot of pissed off memories me <laughs> making us do that drunk gimmick was from what you remember how. Was Mark Henry received in the locker room? Was he a wrestling fan when he came in, or was he a guy that they saw potential in and kind of turned him into a wrestler? Well, all the guys in the locker room back then, you got you got to remember, man. You had, you know, Hercules Hernandez, Barbarian, Warlord, Hawk, and I, Demolition, a lot of guys. You had a lot of guys that were heavy lifting guys. So to see another brother powerlifter come they in. They would have been gone by 96, though, right? No, but a lot of guys are still around the locker room that we okay. talked to, and a lot of the guys were uh, were still there. They may have not been on the main event cards, but a lot of guys were still around. And uh, to see a guy like that come in, for me, was great. I was like, oh, man, this guy, I hope you guys got some knowledge for me because you never quit learning at all, whether it's lifting or anything to do with the wrestling business. And, you know, Mark Henry having the Olympic background – you know what's the difference of an Olympic lifter comes in compared to a Olympic wrestler? You know, I, I want to. I was. I was. I welcomed him in. Everybody welcomed him in. He uh, he did suffer a lot of injuries over the years. He signed with WWE when he was 24 years old and signed a pretty long deal with them at the uh, at the time. But he like broke his ankle the first year. Yeah, he yeah. suffered injury after. I was there when he broke his injury. ankle. Yeah, yeah. What was that? When was that? The very first year, he, that's what everybody. Oh, you're just oh, you weren't like in the ring with him. You no, no, just, no, no. That was the first. That was everybody okay. was talking about. He yeah. just got there, and they said, "God, dang, look at all the money they spent on this guy, and he just blew out his ankle." Right. He had to get reconstructive surgery on his ankle. 
Yeah, he uh, so he he was injured. I mean, several times over his career. It was the foot injury, a knee injury, a you know, just several other injuries that he he had. You know, torn patella right off the bone. He split his patella completely in two. He, you know, just one after the other. But still, they you know the WWE stuck with him. He he has been with the company for over twenty years and never I'm surprised. strayed, never went anywhere else. I'm surprised that you come back after Patel Ten and uh, Paul Ellering did his twice, mm-hmm. and uh, that's where that Patel Ten rolls all the way up in the middle of your thigh and rolls all the way down in the middle of your calf, and they got to re go down there inside your leg, pull it back up and reattach it to your to your your kneecap, and it just they got to wire it all in there for it to stay still, you know. Good thing a tendon's a blood-flowing member of your body, man. But, man, that's just a hard injury. And imagine having 400 pounds pounding on it every time you run. Can you imagine that? Yeah. The law of physics, man, you could three, four times that easily. When uh, when you guys would be together, when you guys would, would talk, I, you know, I, I know that... You, he's a big, uh, big Texas Longhorn guy, and uh, you, uh, you know, James, being the Ohio State guy, that uh, that caused a nice, friendly rivalry between you and a lot of guys backstage. Yeah. Was it was it football talk? Was it power, Was it weightlifting talk? What uh, what was something that Mark Henry would love talking or well, very, conversing very with you about? Very few guys went in the locker room back there and bragged about anything they did. You know, uh, when it was all football talk, everybody was always happy for someone's kid to achieve a pinnacle that we all couldn't finish achieving in our life for whatever reason, right? So between Mark Henry and JBL and Undertaker and you know, all that friendly rivalries because all three of those guys were from Texas. And then here's my kid at Ohio State, especially when Ohio State played Texas for the first time down at Texas Stadium. It was a pretty wild game, pretty crazy atmosphere, and I actually went to that game. And uh, all the guys were calling me during the middle of the game. Of course, I made a point to call them when Ohio State beat them. By the way, so just a little off topic here. When I was up in Chicago this past weekend, I got to see LeBron for the uh, in person for the first time at a uh, at a Bulls game, and you just randomly, as I'm telling you this, just randomly drop in that. Oh yeah, I've sat with LeBron at Ohio State games. In yeah, he's sitting right next to me, right behind me, right in the Ohio State football games, and uh, he was be on the sideline quite a bit because uh, LeBron actually thought about going to Ohio State to play football, play a wideout. But then he went right from high school into the, to the NBA. But uh, he actually thought about doing that and pondered that. He said if he would have went to college, he would have went to Ohio State. And he's a wrestling fan, too. He, he's oh, yeah. always ringside. Whenever they're in Cleveland and it, the, uh, the, he's in town, you always mm-hmm. see him. They show him sitting ringside at, the, uh, at Monday Night Raw. Listen, Cleveland, whether their teams are winning or losing, it's a great sports town no matter what. When the Indians are in the toilet or the Cavs are in the toilet or whatever, you know, they're still great wrestling fans, man. The whole state of Ohio is just awesome. They're just they just support their athletics great. Also, in this year's class, the 2018 Hall of Fame, the uh, we talked about this a few years ago, but Hillbilly Jim got uh, is going to be inducted. We talked about who the inductees are. Uh, my guess is that that this is how they're going to bring Hulk Hogan back into the WWE family by having him induct Hillbilly Jim into the uh, Hall of Fame. But you mentioned. You know, you guys have crossed paths at conventions and whatnot, but never really were in the same company at the same time throughout your career. No, man, we were in the uh, we were at WCW and the NWA when Hillbilly Jim was on top. Hillbilly Jim didn't really wrestle that long in the WWF at the time. You know, he I think he broke his neck too. He had neck injury or something. He had he got injured real bad where he had forced to retire. 
but he's been a great 20-year ambassador for the WWE. I mean, he does a lot of appearances for him. He's done the, you know, the all the fan fests and everything else that WWE goes out there and does. So, I mean, I suppose it's fitting. You know, he's the he's the biggest and leanest of all the hillbilly type gimmicks in professional wrestling ever mm-hmm. to get inducted into the Hall of Fame. And besides that, he wrestled main events against Hogan. You know, he worked against great Big John Studd, Hogan, all those guys back in that era, you know? So he deserves to go in. Uh, next up on the Hall of Fame class is, uh, well, the, the Dudley Boys, the uh, tag te- this year's tag team going in. I know that you have talked with we, we you and I have talked a lot off air about your relationship with Bubba Ray. You you guys do have a very good relationship. You've been on his radio show a lot, busted open uh, quite a bit, and we look forward to the day that we can have him on uh, on our show. And mm-hmm. I just sit back and listen to you two talk about the art of tag team wrestling. And Bubba Ray has talked many times about how he considers you and Hawk to be the greatest tag team of all time. But I never hear you talk about Devon. Was was there? I mean, what was their relationship off of there, or what is your relationship? No, man. Of, of the team, Devon was just the more, or was the more the quiet guy of the team. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's always one quiet guy usually on one team. Very seldom do you get a team like Hawk and I where we both want to scream and yell, right? And and Bubba was more of the voice. Listen, a great tag team. I mean, I don't know how many times they won the WWF WWE titles. Then they won TNA titles, you know. Eight I mean, time uh, WWE tag champions, yeah. or I should say, uh, nine time WWF slash WWE tag yeah. team champions. Eight time ECW, one time WCW. Yeah, man. So I mean, good for them. I mean, listen. Besides Hawk and I, they're probably one of the most decorated tag team of all time. Besides Hawk and I, right? So I mean, in that aspect, yeah, you got to give props to them. Listen, I respect those guys. I remember right after Hawk passed away. Those guys were heavy rocking and rolling in the, in the WWF. And each of them wore uh, armbands. Mm-hmm. And they did the doomsday device to a guy in the ring. And they both pointed up to the sky and then they laid the belts on the ramp with the armbands. Man, it was such a testament and respect in our business. Because a lot of times we don't have each other's phone numbers. You know, at least back then we didn't. We didn't have a lot of time to get a hold. To talk to guys in the ranks because we were always going 150 miles an hour in different directions. But to have those guys do that was a great testament and respect. And uh, they're great guys to me. And a lot of guys can say things one way or the other about those guys. But, man, to me, they're two class acts. And, and I like the way they held themselves that way. The uh, yeah, the and they went for so long too. I feel like that you know they still both do indies. They they still yeah. are, are both pretty active. And I now don't you see, see Devon very much though. I see I see Bubba Ray. I see him more than I will. Even in appearances at trade shows, I see him more than I do see Devon. But uh, it's, it's great to see both of them. I do see them. They're uh, they're going to be inducted by Edge and Christian. Uh, so they're having a tag team induct a tag team. I thought this would be a spot for Paul Heyman uh, to do that. But if you really well. wanted to have a tag team do the tag team, why wouldn't you have the greatest tag team of all time? One half of the member left on this earth. Induct the next greatest tag team. I think we both know why that is, Joe. <laughs> you listen, man. Hey, my fault that those guys were, you know, WWE's a bunch were idiots and didn't want to. Do things the right way is their fault. You know, they're going to have to pay the piper on that one. The woman on this list this year is Ivory. She debuted in '99 and was around uh, mostly till 2005. 
I would imagine this would be another case. If she does conventions, you would have seen her at some of those, but the timelines don't really match up to where you and Ivory would have been in the company at the same time. Yeah, I don't see her very often. Uh, very seldom will I ever run into her at a convention. Um, I didn't know her very well, so it's not like I, you know, enough to say hello, but that's right. about it, you know. But uh, listen, what she's accomplished, I mean, in the wrestling business, she, she was one of the first, I think, muscular girls besides Trish Stratus that, you know, that she, Irie was built pretty well. Right. Pretty solid girl, you know, so. Uh, so that's, yeah, that, and, you know, like we, like we said going into this, you weren't going to have stories about everybody, but that's why no, we're, we're going through it the way we, uh, the way we are. Because next up on the list, and I would say this one probably be more of the surprise of the entire group, would be Double J, Jeff Jarrett, a guy that I know that you... Well, okay, when did you first meet Jeff Jarrett? Uh, I met Jeff Jarrett back in WWF. Actually, I met him, back, you, you I, met actually, him, I met him back in Memphis when I worked for his dad. Right. When he first started. Then I saw him again in WWF. And then, of course, you know, WWE and then TNA when he was running TNA for a while. But so I just I just messaged Jeff the other day and I complimented Jeff and told him how proud I was of him, uh, you know, going through treatment and going through all that mm-hmm. stuff and realizing what he had to do was for the best for his family and, and the best for him personally and for his business as well. And uh, Jeff's a great guy, man. A lot of knowledge in that family with the wrestling business. Uh, they took Memphis to New Heights, he and his dad, Jerry. Um, Jeff was a great star with that guitar in the WWF and the WWE, man. And Jeff's got a great mind for the wrestling business. I always told Jeff, I said, listen, man, you need somebody to have your back and help you run a company? I said, I'll be right there with you to help you run your company, man. Jeff Jarrett is a great guy. Hawk and I on TNA one time had a heck of a six, man, with Jeff Jarrett. I forget if we wrestled Christopher Daniels or someone else, but it was Hawk and I and Jeff Jarrett against three other guys. And uh, the reaction we got was freaking crazy. Yeah, he would have started his career all the way back in 1986 with his dad. He didn't appear in the WWF till about 92, 93 or so, I think, for the first time. So yeah, you guys, you definitely would have seen him as a uh, as a young kid all the way up until mm-hmm. just uh, just recently. Would he have been when you appeared? And that's something we didn't mention that they they did this past week on Raw. They had a match from the Hardy Compound, the Ultimate Deletion. Uh, and uh, you were a part of that when they had it with Impact Wrestling about a year or so ago, when you uh, you appeared and screamed at uh, at uh, Ricky Morton up on a oh up on yeah, a but I wasn't <laughs> I wasn't at the Hardy compound. You, okay, so you weren't there for that? No, man. They said I was. I was at a separate indie event, and I may pretend I looked up. And Ricky Morton up there on on the, on the scaffolding, and I our wait. On, hold on. Place. So all these guys are coming in and getting in the ring and wrestling throughout that, <laughs> and so Ricky Morton is up on the scaffolding, up on the the cherry picker, yeah. up there. So he's really at the Hardy compound, up on the cherry picker. Was, or that he, was he was just on a cherry picker. I don't even know if he was at the Hardy compound. He was on a cherry picker. Okay, you know, this, you, you know what, like, Joe? It's cra- camera work. They okay. can capture a lot of things and make no, people believe a lot of stuff. Hold up. Okay, I remember being like 11, 12 years old and being told that you know wrestling scripted. All right, I remember ah. that, and I could still sit here and figure well, out why are you question it now today. I could still sit here and figure out you know what's a work and what's you know what's real. But you're telling me that you that they just saw you at an indie show and they said, "Hey, animal." 
you have the face paint on. Look up and s- pretend like you're screaming. Matt at Hardy Morton. pulled me Son aside and says, bitch. "We're doing something with Ricky Morton here. You want to scream something to Ricky Morton?" And that's when I looked at the camera and I said, "Ricky Morton, I know you like to get high, but this is really ridiculous, or something like that." You know, you know, as you take it all to a new meaning or whatever. You know, so it's it it is what it is, man. It was just a little spot for the show. Yeah, but I, I'm not really too sure what I think about that whole match out there, the way they did that thing. I'm still trying to figure out what I saw. I'm still <laughs> trying to get over the what you just told me right here. Yeah. I mean, my God. Joe, you, you'll be able to sleep tonight on it. Don't worry about it. <laughs> this is like I know I burst your bubble. You just did. You, know, you truly it, you, just you, did on you this. You acted like I just told you there's no Santa. <laughs> I, what, I mean, the the in like what you just told me here, I'm I'm a little in shock by this. Yeah, huh. well, not I'm, everybody can be done. Never, everything can't be done on location. I can't be in Ohio and do an interview in North Carolina. It's just like you can't be in Georgia and Pitt and Pennsylvania. No, <laughs> you can't be right. Uh, who do you think should induct Jeff Jarrett into the Hall of Fame? Who who would make the most sense inducting him into the Hall of Fame? Honestly, yeah, Jerry Lawler, because Jerry ran the company down in Memphis with Jerry Jarrett, and probably saw something in Jeff. That's why I would do it. Either that, or a guy like a Jimmy Hart would be another good one because they all grew up in the same area together. You know what I mean? Right. I like that. Actually, Dutch Mantel. Mm-hmm. Dutch Mantel and Jerry uh, or Jeff Jarrett were together a long time in Memphis. You know, even Jim Cornette would be a good one. You know, they all spent a lot of time together. Uh, moving on to the next uh, one on the list here. Let's go celebrity wing because I think a lot of these guys in the celebrity wing, I, I, you know, I'd be interested in knowing some of your relationships or some of the times that you've crossed paths with some of the guys that have gone in to the Hall of Fame and the Celebrity Wing and look over that one of these days. We, you know, you've talked about Arnold Schwarzenegger on the show. You've talked about and you've definitely Facebooked enough about Donald Trump to let people know your thoughts on him. Uh, but <laughs> I like Donald Trump. I'm sorry. But Kid Rock is this year's uh, celebrity induction into the Hall of Fame. Did you ever cross paths with Kid Rock? Have you ever gotten to meet Kid Rock? No, man. Never got to meet Kid Rock. Don't know really much about him. Don't, I didn't even know he did anything with WWF to be quite or WWE to be quite honest. <clears throat> you know, I spent a lot of time. A lot of guys I spent a lot of time with, like you know Mike Tyson when he went in, and and uh, you know um, Mr. T. I spent a lot of time in Chicago with Mr. T. Um, you know, I, really a lot of you know the celebrity wing. Listen, I remember being on a treadmill the year I got inducted, and Drew Carey was right next to me on the treadmill. Right. Uh, I said, hey, Drew, Road to Ram. He goes, well, I don't know who you are. I said, bro, I love your shows. I said, I love your shows. You're funny as heck. So, and Drew was a great guy, you know. So, I mean, the celebrity wing, it is what it is. It's good for the celebrities. It's just another way to kill time in the, in the Hall of Fame. You know, I don't really care much for it. Listen, if you're going to do the Celebrity Hall of Fame, I thought this year, to be honest with you, Joe, that Cindy Lauper mm-hmm. should have been put in the Hall of Fame. Cindy Lauper was one of the first female celebrities to take the WWF to new heights. Now, I know in a male-dominated business, we think it's all about the guy and all about the guys selling out houses and everything else. And it was, 
because Hulk Hogan and Roddy Piper and those guys were around back then, right? But Cindy Lauper had a feud with Roddy Piper, with Wendy Richter, with Medusa, or a lot of people back then that was second to none, man. She was one of the first, I think, celebrities to be in their WWF comic book. Right. And she was like a trendsetter and paved the way for a lot of celebrities to even get involved, man. And for her to get overlooked year after year after year, to me, it's just a crime. It, it is a crime because women have come such a long way in our business that she deserved to get her props for what she's done. That's my main thing. I would, uh, yeah, I would agree with you on that. But Kid Rock, it, it says here, he performed at Monday Night Raw in the year 2000 at WrestleMania 25 in 2009. He's done tribute with the troops before as well, along with entrance themes for The Undertaker, for Stacey Keebler, and many, many other... Uh, well, he's, so he's yeah, got a lot of behind-the-scenes work that I have not known about. So yeah. in that aspect, and, you know, I'm not saying he doesn't deserve to go in. Right. I'm just saying in the lineup of what you do, I mean, Cindy Lauper did her thing 30 years ago. There are a lot of people that share your thoughts about Cindy Lauper belonging in the Hall of Fame. I do think there are a lot of other celebrities that they're not going to run short on celebrities they'll be able to put a celebrity in each and every year to the hall of well, fame well speak about a non-celebrity okay how about mike mcgurk leroy mcgurk ran texas territory down in san antonio mike mcgurk was the blonde ring announcer for years all throughout the 89 90s and throughout you know back in the day and mike mcgurk is overlooked all the time for the wwe hall of fame she should be another one that should be in there. The um, they they started something last year or a few um, I should say two years ago. The legacy inductees. They introduced a new category where under the new category featured uh, wrestlers from early years of professional wrestling, primarily during the early part of the 20th century. Mm. So all of these have all of these people that have been introduced have all passed on. And they just kind of show a, a video package in introducing uh, some guy, some of these people that are, that have been put into the Hall of Fame. So, um, I, again, the name you the name you the name you just said, I, somebody that's not familiar to me, uh, Mike McGurk. Yeah, yeah, but she she's I mean she's around my age, man. She's got to be in her fifties now, but she's been around the wrestling business. Her dad's passed on, Lira, who ran like I said, San Antonio mm -hmm. down in Texas. But, uh, I, you know, and I, and I agree with the legacy uh, section of the Hall of Fame. They have to do that, Joe, because if they don't do that, they're going to run out of people to put in the Hall of Fame. Right. <laughs> you can't just put in present-day guys all the time. you got to put in some people that have been in there to help build this business, the wrestling business, the way it is today. And, you, you know, you look at, and these are all people that need speeches. You know, we're saying there's going to be nine speeches given this this week. You also have, you have Jarius J.J. Robertson, who's getting the Warrior Award a double liver transplant survivor. And when you watch the video of this kid, yeah. I just, I mean, so much energy and so much life in this, uh, out of this kid, a huge wrestling fan that's going to be honored yeah. that, uh, that night. I'm all so, about human interest stuff. Bro. Yeah. Uh, but they, they have all these guys every year and you wonder if there's going to be a time, you know, you look at the NFL hall of fame, they only put in about five guys every year and you see a log jam of a lot of people waiting to get in, waiting to get in. Mm -hmm. And, but you see the WWE one, and it's every year it's absolutely loaded. You know, at, at some point, you know, we're, we're going to get to Goldberg here in a second. But when you look at somebody like The Undertaker, 
does he deserve to be the only person that goes in that night and have a night just for him? I mean, no, nobody has done it the way he's done it in the WWE. No, I don't think anybody deserves going by themselves because single-handedly a guy cannot, even though we like to think sometimes, a guy cannot control the whole atmosphere of wrestling by himself. Mm-hmm. Because you're, you know, especially when you're in a, an athletic, athletic dance type of business, and you always say that you're only as good as the guy you're in the ring with. If that's the case, anybody that's ever wrestled The Undertaker should be going into the Hall of Fame with him to help build him. You know what I mean? Was he the megastar? Absolutely. But I don't know if they just have a whole show on The Undertaker. Now, I believe you could have a whole Raw the next Monday after yeah. the Hall of Fame. You know, but you got to look at the WWE Hall of Fame, Joe. You got to look. They got to long slot now that they've acquired for themselves on TV time mm-hmm. to fill. So now you got to get, that's why it's so long. You have so many names. You got to fill that TV time. You got to fill it with ad space. You got to fill it with sponsorship space. You got to fill it with content, you know, and to do that, you're going to, you're going to have to induct more people. So that's why they came up with the legacy division. I'm sure, which they should have someone from that person's family who's still around, you know, uh, talking about the way their great grandfather was, or the great 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 grandfather was, you know what I mean, and the, mem- and the memories they have. And uh, the star of this year's Hall of Fame, the first one announced, the last one that will go in on the uh, the night before WrestleMania. Or I guess it's the Friday before WrestleMania now that they uh, that they do this. They with NXT being the uh, the night before. Is it? Yeah. They the Hall of Fame is Friday night, NXT Saturday, and then WrestleMania is on Sunday. But the final name to go in this year is Bill Goldberg, who started in uh, 1997, started training with WCW back in 1996, when you still would have been in WCW back in 96. But we mentioned, uh, if you go back in the archives, back to our WCW Sin pay-per-view, you actually didn't meet him until 2001 when you uh, when you made your return to WCW as a mass man, that was the first time that you ever met Bill Goldberg. Yeah, man. Listen, Bill Goldberg is single-handedly responsible for keeping WCW alive. And Bill Goldberg came in. He had. It's all about look. It's about interview. It's about delivery. It's about presence. It's about who you're beating up and everything else, man. And Goldberg just had the total package. Listen, was he a little rough and around the edges of the way Hawk and I were? Yes. But the thing he did, man, with that spear and everything else and and just the look and having those short boots and the short tights and just being muscular as heck, I mean, and he's an athlete, man. Listen, the guy had pedigree. He, you know, he tried out for the Atlanta Falcons for football and, you know, for whatever reason didn't make it. And then now he got, he got into wrestling. And, and, uh, and listen, he has a name, too. The name is catchy, Bill Goldberg, you know. This sounds like a tough guy. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and it worked out well. And then he got to wrestle guys like, you know, Hogan and those guys. And, you know, the guys who were part of the Wolfpack down there and all that other stuff down there, a part of the NWO and all that stuff. And it, and it worked out well for him. When was the last time you uh, you crossed paths with Goldberg, spoke with him? Uh, did you reach man, out to him when he was when it was announced? I've was... not seen Bill Goldberg in a long time, man. Our paths have not really crossed that much, you know, because he – he stays away from the appearance thing and doing any of the Comic-Con, so I don't see him out of there. He's going to be at WrestleCon. Yeah, well, good, man. Well, yeah. Hopefully I'll see him there, you know. So we, um, so that, uh, that, there's your class for this year's Hall of Fame. A, uh, just, you know, it, 
I, I look forward, as, as we talked about, to talking with, uh, with Bubba Ray Dudley. Oh, you're I, going to the Hall of Fame, aren't you? I don't think so. Are you going to go to the show? <clears throat> I don't think so. I don't need to see Bill Goldberg go into the Hall of Fame. It's not. It's not something that's on. It's you know. Bro, like, you're you're learning quick, my boy. Once you've seen something in wrestling, you don't need to see it four or five times. You see? I've never seen this once, and I'm. I'll I'll save my first one for when it's the a three hour boredom in. is what it is. Listening to people say things that are scripted up. Right. So yeah, I can I can pass on that, but. We uh, we are out of time for this week's show. Got some nice interviews coming up the uh, the next two weeks before we head down to New Orleans for WrestleMania 34 at WrestleCon. We uh, we encourage you to go online. We have three shirts up at the Pro Wrestling Tees website. Go to Pro Wrestling Tees and look at all three of the What a Rest podcast shirts that we have up there, along with a an assortment of other Road Warrior Animal shirts. That, uh, and that Road Warriors shirts too, Legion of the Doom yeah. shirts as well. You know, there's a lot of approaching Tees is awesome, man. I love working with those guys. Hey, let's Joe, let's keep in mind, man. Let's remind these people that you know, still for doing personal appearances to go to the sites that you mentioned. And if you have a question or want to request a personal appearance, you can go to those sites, or you can go to my personal Facebook page at Joseph mm-hmm. Laurenitis or my uh, RW Animal Twitter and tweet me about it, or however you want to reach me, and that, or go to bookprowrestlers.com and uh, talk to Steve Stasiak because we've been getting a lot of inquiries lately from the UK about doing appearances over in Germany and stuff like that. So um, that's where you can get a hold of me and you can get book or you can private message me and uh, on instant messenger and I'll, and I'll call you right back. All right. Yeah. Get us out to, uh, to Europe. I'll, I'll, I'll tag along on that trip. Heck we'll yeah, man. You'll have blast, there. bro. I'll take you to Scotland with me and have you eat some of the bangers and mash and have you eat some of the, uh, I don't know what that stuff's called, but it's just absolutely horrible. That lamb or goat, that haggis or something like oh, that. Oh, haggis, bro! It's like a goat. <laughs> it's like goat hash. A friend of mine, David Lowe, who lives in the podcast out in Glasgow, Scotland, goes, "Adamo, you want to try some of this?" And I said, "What is it?" Ah, it's called haggis. I said, "Yeah, we're at the airport, right?" Kim and I are at the airport. Kim about puked. And then I, I ate the whole thing just to be respectful. But, bro, oh. I, but let's just say I was hashing it out all flight home. Oh. <laughs> no pun intended. Oh. That'll, uh, that'll do it for us this week on the uh, show. We will talk to you next week. But until then, Joe, take us home. Yeah, man. Hey, this has been another episode of What a Rush Podcast. Here with my co-host, Joe Roderick. This is the Hall of Famer. Road Warrior Animal.